for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. First off, before we jump into it, I want to thank everybody that's been donating and helping out with our uh, fundraising efforts. We are currently on day 21. Yep, I had to check the calendar that is not in front of me. Um, We are currently on day 21 of the 25 Days of Cheer fundraiser for the uh, children's miracle network and we are doing amazing i just want to thank everybody that's donated and as always the donation link is in the in the uh video thing i don't know what to call it anymore but today we have a very special guest returning guest we don't have a lot of them but we get them sometimes uh we have phoebe silva how's it going today phoebe I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, it's been a crazy, crazy day. It's that last day before I go leave on break. So it's like, oh, hey, let's throw a million things at you before you leave. And it's like, you're like, I'm still working. And also I have 40,000 things on my to-do list. (laughs) Yeah, That's how it was. Because it was like, they threw a project at me last week. I'm like, cool, fine. I'm good. I can handle it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, as long as I'm done by like Friday, I'll be great. Or like making like final efforts Friday night. It got to the point where I was just starting Friday night. Oh, man. Because everything kept getting pushed back. That's how it is this time of year. It's so stressful every year. And so I'm sitting there Friday night and I'm like, all right, cancel this podcast, cancel that podcast. I'm up till midnight. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to work Saturday. Yeah. I'm up till 4 a.m. on Saturday. I'm like, well, I guess I'm working Sunday too. I'm up till two in the morning today. And I'm like, dang, I just worked through my entire weekend. I can't clean my house, can't do nothing. Oh, so here. Man. Yeah. But you know, it, it's all good. All for the greater good of time off, which is important. There you go. <laughs> but how have things been going with you? I've, we've we talk off and on since you we, we when were you on August? Yep, August. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. How are things going? Things are going good. Yeah, it's been um it's been a wild you know <laughs> fall and holiday season. I uh, I have just been on this like release kick for months that I had. I think last time we talked, I had the one single that was out mm-hmm. and another one about to come out. And then I put out two music videos and then I put out an EP (laughs) and that was all in the last like five months of this crazy year. And now I'm like exhausted, but I stuck to most of the like crazy goals I set for myself in terms of create creative projects this year. So I'm proud of myself for that. I'm also very tired. (laughs) That is awesome. You know, it's, it's good to stay busy, especially with the time yeah that we're in and like yeah. i think we're finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to start seeing a lot more music release so yeah, like releasing totally. it now is a smart idea because it's like not that it's not going to get appreciated in six months there's just going to yeah. be a lot 
in six months. Well, and the world is changing so fast. I keep thinking like, you know, because everybody I feel like has been writing music about this year and mm. all of the various experiences that we've collectively been having this year, like whether it's pandemic stuff or it's, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff or it's election stuff or it's whatever. I mean, there's just been so many crazy things happening and artists, especially musicians who don't have our live outlets currently, most of us still, you know, it's like, we're gonna write about all the things we're feeling and experiencing. So I'm like, and all the songs I I recorded and released this year are kind of older. There's only one that was like a kind of pandemic related song Mm -hmm. um, that's on my EP. But then I have like all these angry, like angsty songs I wrote during this year that I'm like, well, I gotta get those recorded quickly before they no longer become relevant. (laughs) I mean, I think angry, like we're in such a pivotal moment in history right now that I Mm -hmm. think those songs are always going to be relevant at a certain degree. So like, I mean, as long as you don't release like as long as it's not like a song called COVID the year, you know, like something like as long as it's I'm not, not like, usually quite that on the nose. Yeah. As long as it's not something I, that on the nose and you release yeah. it like two years from now, where it's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I I think you'll be good. So yeah. but no, that's really exciting. And I like I mean, you you brought up people not doing shows and all that stuff and that has happened but i i have seen i actually went to my first show in a year whoa it's like two weeks ago and that's it was this, exciting it, it was just like uh there was a girl she was from nashville and she uh I, like we i had her on the podcast early on during the pandemic and she uh was doing like a little texas deal and i'm like okay cool i'll come out like the bar was right down the street and you know, it w- wasn't that big. So I knew there weren't going to be that many people there, but it was still like this really weird vibe. Like people just oh, didn't man. know how to interact with each other. It was just yeah. kind of like, okay, <laughs> if you came with a group, you interacted with your group. But if you came oh. by yourself, you kind of sat yeah. at the table and it was just like, yeah, I think about that all the time. I've only been seeing people throughout this year for the most part, one-on-one or occasionally like a couple friends at a time and, and usually the same kind of handful of people. Cause I've become very like, I mean, I've always been a little distrustful of like people in general, but, um, but especially like this year. And like, I started at some, I teach music lessons for my you know, most consistent income. And I was teaching fully remotely for six months. And then back in like September, I started teaching a couple of students in person again. So now that I'm interacting and when we do, when I do in-person lessons, cause I'm in LA and like our, our COVID numbers are insane right now. Like it's, it's the worst it's been here all year. I think people just like, we had like, cause we didn't, we didn't have a surge right away. And I think everyone got like overly confident and everyone got annoyed and then everyone just said, fuck it and started partying. And like, yeah. meanwhile, I'm over here like, wait, aren't we still in a pandemic? Like we're yeah. not supposed to be partying. Also now I'm like teaching kids in person outdoors where we both wear masks, yeah. but like the number of people I interact with like expanded. So I was like, well, I have to be really cautious now cause I'm dealing with families and like, and little kids are apparently are like little super spreaders. And I'm like, I'm less worried about my, myself getting mm-hmm. it than I am worried about me getting it and passing it to somebody else. Yeah. Like my parents are in San Diego just a couple hours away and they literally were like, 
yeah, no, uh, maybe we'll see you when there's a vaccine. <laughs> like yeah. they don't even want me to come anywhere near them. Um, it's just, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, so I, uh, I've been thinking though, and like I've talked with a couple of friends about like what will happen if and when like any of our music venues reopen. Mm -hmm. And right now, I mean, a lot of them have closed down possibly for good, which has been really sad. Um, And some people have been doing like backyard shows and stuff. Although I have a friend who played a backyard show and got COVID. And I was like, I just, I like, this is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Like, you know, like, let's just fucking stay home for a little longer and like deal with it. We've come this far, we can make it. it is so funny well it's not so funny it's kind of scary because today i got my i'm flying to florida to go be with my family Mm. for the holidays Mm -hmm. and i like i haven't flown in in about three years right so for like the week crazy bad week that i've had i messaged my buddy i'm like dude i've had such a bad week i don't even know if i want to press my luck and get on the plane (laughs) in the first place I feel you. And he, totally he's like, I, I mean, I get it. And then I got an eat like shortly after I sent him that I got an email from the airline saying, oh, also just an FYI, because of uh, government mandates, uh, the each either state that you cross over. So like from Texas to Florida, at any given point, they could decide uh, they don't want to let you in. Whoa. So I'm like, so what happens if I go down to Florida? You get to the airport and they're like, nah, you got to go back. Yeah. Or, so you know, <laughs> just something random like that. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, that's or wild. If I there are some Florida, places that are doing like mandatory quarantines. Like if you fly into a new yeah. place, you've got to like stay put for the quarantine for two weeks or four days or whatever. It's like, yeah. I think it's different, yeah. but I've been hearing that some, from some friends around the country. And yeah, it's so wild, man. I'm like, it just feels easier to stay put. Then it's just, you know, it's safer and like, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm like, I, I constantly think like, I wonder what it's going to be like. I don't know if I know how to interact with large groups of people anymore. <laughs> like, it, it, I feel so awkward. <laughs> it's different. Like, I mean, the only, like, I mean, I've got... I've gone out with a few people like I mean I shoot commercials for a living mm. so it's just kind of like well, I have to yeah. interact with people at some point but even then it's just kind of like normally where I'd give them a handshake it's like uh no can't yeah. I was <laughs> that awkward like sorry we're, we can't touch yeah. each other <laughs> like, you. but do you remember like in like April when that still that felt so strange and weird and now we're all just used to it where we're like yeah. hey hey it's cool yeah. yeah, it's we'll st- I'll stay and you'll stay and it'll be fine. No, yep. no, no feelings. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. yep. it, it's, but I still find it weird sometimes. Like it is still. Yeah, I do too. I definitely like, I, I especially think about it when I'm with the kids. Although it's, I mean, even they have gotten really just used to wearing their little tiny masks mm-hmm. and just dealing with it. Like they're mm-hmm. so adaptable. <laughs> like, yeah. And they like, just kind of do like what they're like, what their parents tell them to do or what grownups tell them to do. It's not like adults who like, you know, bitch and moan about shit. <laughs> we're just like, I don't want to do this. Maybe my kids yeah. are like, yeah, oh, this is what we're doing now. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I'm good. I don't yeah. want to, but okay. And yeah. you know, like going out and going to shows, I'm not so much worried about me getting sick 
because if I go out and I get sick, that's, fault. that's my yeah, fault. That's you. me. But if I go out and I get somebody sick, yeah, I have to live with that. Like the, I know. It, it's one of those things where it's like, if I could, if I could know for a fact that I go out and I'm not the reason for anybody getting sick. I'd go out all the time. Like if I That's know my for- feeling too. And honestly, I I don't think a lot I've been a little not shocked really, but it's been it's been really depressing to realize how many people don't have that much of a conscience <laughs> where they don't think that way at yeah. all. Yeah. They just think about themselves and that is a bummer, but it's not everyone. I mean, I feel like the people I've really learned who's like really legit in my, in my squad, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I know who's for real now. And like anybody who was full of shit hanging around before, they're all fucking gone. So they're doing whatever they're doing. They're having parties They're I don't know what they're doing. It doesn't matter, but like my homies are still my homies. So. Absolutely. But you brought it up. You've been really busy throughout this quarantine. You've been doing your teaching, uh, teaching students, but you just released your EP, right? It's an EP. Yeah. 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 Um, EP. One day at a time, right? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's, what's kind of the story behind the EP? So um, it's a four song uh, little record. Um, and I, I kind of started recording stuff at the beginning of this year. Um, actually, the first song I started recording this year in January is the last one I finished this Mm -hmm. year I think I didn't finish it until like October um because I've most I've just been doing these sessions and this started before the pandemic started I was kind of just in a place where I was like man I had two singles out and I was really just I've been writing songs for so long and I was playing live all the time before the world stopped um in the way that it did so I was like this is the year I'm gonna just try to record as much as I can Mm -hmm. so I just started hitting up friends of mine who had like home studio setups and I knew had some production and and or engineering experience and just kind of being like what about this song let's do this song together Betty and so um so like and I didn't really know what that was all gonna look like in terms of releasing and I ended up releasing the two singles that we talked about last time I was chatting with you into the wilderness and everything comes with a price they just ended up being one-off singles each of them and I did um, a video for each of them and because each each one of them felt like its own little universe like its Mm -hmm. own world and its own aesthetic and its own story so they didn't really seem to fit with anything else but then these other four songs that I had kind of been recording and developing over the course of the year started to all feel like they were telling a cohesive story Mm -hmm. which is really about um just me kind of uh learning how to cope with a lot of things um the oldest song on the record is one day at a time and oldest I mean I wrote it two and a half years ago and then the newest one I wrote uh, early on in lockdown in April and it's called nothing lasts for good. (laughs) Um, so I put that out as a single in November. And then the other two songs, broken people and breakdown are songs that I wrote last year. And so they're all kind of songs about coping with various challenges, either mental health issues. Cause I, I have, um, you know, my own issues with depression and anxiety disorders that I have been dealing with and, like really been dealing with my whole life, but only have been diagnosed for about five years and like on medication for uh, two or three years. So I've really learned a lot about my own mental health in the last few years. Um, And uh, when I wrote One Day at a Time, the song, I was unemployed. 
I had just gotten fired from a job. I was living in my old apartment and I was, and I was about to like play my first solo show. I had been with a band for two and a half years in LA the whole time I'd lived in LA at that point. And I just knew that I was, I was hitting a dead end creatively with that band. And I really needed, like, I felt like I really needed my own space and freedom to create on my own terms. So I was like, okay, I'm going to quit the band. So I quit the band. I got fired from my job (laughs) and like booked my first solo show and like was freaking out. And I wrote this song one day at a time, um, kind of just about taking it one day at a time and the chorus is um says I'm learning to keep some things to myself I'm learning when to walk away and when it's just as well like you know just really you know looking at life rather than you know at the time I just felt crushed by this avalanche of anxiety and depression and fear and insecurity and all this crap but I was pushing so hard through it because I felt so called to make this solo career leap um but it was really challenging to kind of break through all these ideas that I had about myself that I realized now were these self-imposed limitations all these voices in my head or some of them were you know came from parents or teachers or friends of the past you know past experiences telling you you can't do this you can't do that this is who you are this is not who you are and all those voices swirling around in my head left me feeling so confused and at the time I was like already like in my 30s like I was like how why am I like in my 30s still feeling so lost like I don't know who I am and it really took that um breaking away from that band and starting to make music on my own, just with my name and my face and not attached to anybody else. Um, although always, or usually backed up by friends of mine who would play in my band, mm-hmm. um, for me to really figure out like who the fuck I was as a person, who I was as an artist, what mattered to me, what I had to say. Um, and then the other, the other songs on the record kind of all fit into that journey in different ways. Breakdown was a song that I kind of wrote like the lyrics to it, like 2 a.m. one night when I was having an anxiety attack in the middle of the night and was just dealing with this this kind of restructuring of my own identity as a person and like kind of like this post like, you know, nervous breakdown, my whole world fell apart. I moved to LA. Now, who am I? <laughs> How do I figure it out? You know, and the course to that one there, the hook is let yourself break all the way down. There's a perfect sort of peace beneath the ground, which is like when you let go of all of those external voices and influences, and you're literally just like unraveled on the ground, like you're like a puddle and you're like, I don't know what to do, but that's when you discover who you really are. That's when you discover that you've always had the freedom to create your own reality. You've always had the control like of your, you know, your perception of yourself. And you, you know, it's like you feel at the, when you're in those dark moments kind of you know, curled up in a ball on the ground, which I've spent many, many hours and days of my life doing, Um, you know, you're, once you kind of come through that fear and that like just chaos, it's like your eyes are opening for the first time. It's like coming out of, you know, like Plato's cave for the first time and being like, whoa, wait, so I can be whoever I want because I lost the job, I lost the relationship, I lost the home, I lost all this shit. So I got nothing left, but I still have me. So I can do whatever the fuck, like I'm free. Such a crazy experience. And then 
broken people is about um, trauma bonding, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> sharing experiences of trauma with other people and kind of um, navigating the healing process by yourself versus with other people. So yeah, I kind of just like when I put these four songs together and then Nothing Lasts For Good is about the pandemic basically, yeah. but it's yeah. about, but the idea I think is, is, um, pretty you know, transcends. It's yeah. like, you know, at the end of the day, change is the only constant, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's been a huge mantra for me, not just this year, but for the last several years, like when things are really fucked up or scary or dark or, you know you don't know <laughs> what to do. It's like, well, that feeling will pass because all the feelings pass. The feelings pass through us like water. The events change constantly. I think like, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot this year about how a lot of the lessons that I've observed other people really learning for the first time this year because their worlds all came crashing down mm -hmm. in this unique way. Like my world has come crashing down a lot of times prior to this year. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of had like my big like unraveling like five or six years ago before I moved to LA. So um, so that that wasn't the hardest part of this year for me at all, like yeah. adapting to the uncertainty. I've been living in a state of uncertainty for a long time, and I've finally this year come back to myself, maybe for the first time, which has been crazy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you you touch on a very interesting point uh, in a, and it, it's kind of a common thread through the entire album, which mm. is all you really need is yourself. Yeah. Like, all, it doesn't matter like all you need is you and you'll get through anything like yeah totally well the craziest thing about that idea that's exactly what it is is we think until we realize the 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 like infinite nature of the self you know what i mean like we think of ourselves as like just our egos and our bodies and our name and our job and our house and our family like you know what I mean? These kind of, not material, because not all those things are material, but um, but we attach our identities to all of these different things, whether it's where we live, what we do for a living, who we spend our time with and in what way. And when, you, when all those things are stripped away from you, um, hopefully not all at the same time, but like sometimes all at the same time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you experience like loss of multiple things all at the same time and it's absolutely just staggeringly difficult to like it just feels like you're getting knocked over constantly yep. but um but at the end of the day you're still you're still there you're yep. still there you're still in your body still you and you have all the resources of determination of strength of you know vision and, and focus to look around and go okay well what can we do what can we do next what do we what do we have what do we have you always got something, you know, like there were times where I was living in my van, not living in my van, but I was living out of my van. So I never slept, spent the night in my van, but I didn't have a place to stay. So I was crashing on people's couches for months at a time. And I'd just be in my van, like I got everything I need in here. Like literally my whole entire life, all my belongings are in this van. So what do I need? I got it. <laughs> like, you know, don't have well, home, but it's cool. That, that's how I lived my life for the longest time, especially when I was fresh out of college and I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I want all, the only thing I want to know for sure is that no matter where I'm at, everything that I need or everything that I own can fit in my car. 
Like I don't. There's something so comforting to me about that. Like yeah. when I when I moved into an actual apartment and yeah. took everything out of that van. I don't drive the van anymore, but I was I had like separation anxiety. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, but all my stuff was what? But if if my stuff is in my house, it won't be in my van anymore. Yeah. What will I do if I'm out in the world and I need my stuff? <laughs> like yeah. it was weird to adapt. Yeah. Well, and. But, but to kind of con- contradict myself a little bit, by me having keeping that mindset of limiting myself, I kind of caught myself, it, this is going to sound weird, but it's very true. I found myself having commitment issues. Like I mm. couldn't commit myself because it was like, all right, I'm here for nine months. I didn't accumulate a lot of things. I'm here for six months. I'm here for a year, you know, like whatever it is. And then I move out to New Mexico and I'm there for four years. Yeah. I accumulate a lot of things. And right. it's like, oh, I can't fit everything in my van anymore. You know, yeah. it, it was just like this really weird realization that the the just, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a really weird realization that I had that, okay, yes, it's good. Now all you need is yourself. So if you lose everything, just keep on trucking but you don't have to be afraid of losing yeah like is that well, it's, I, yeah it totally does and I really relate to that a lot like I I've moved so many times in my entire life that I, I couldn't even tell you how many yeah. like I moved all throughout my childhood I moved all throughout my adulthood like I've lived in so many places I've slept so many weird places I've been in so many transition periods and part of that is the way I was raised and part of it is my this astrological shit and and just my personality um but uh but it's it's like I think there's a I think it's a really huge lesson that not everybody has the opportunity to learn how to have stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> but not attach yourself to it do yeah. you know what I mean like have a home have relationships that you invest in because relationships are in an investment, you know? And for me, like when the shit hit the fan, the multiple times that it did, um, aside like, and when I was so, you know, my, my mental health was so fucked up that I didn't, I didn't feel, I had no sense of personal strength at all. I just felt like I was spiraling for so long. And the thing that helped me was always, my relationships it was always my family or my friends like mm-hmm. i i just was always being held by people yeah. and that you know at times when i felt so abandoned by you know the ex-boyfriend or this person or that person or like you know there was always somebody reaching out to help me and mm-hmm. i've been it's just i'm like i've been so overwhelmingly grateful for that Um, and I think that even comes back to the idea of like, there's such a sense of loneliness in that like moment of desperation where you're like, I've lost everything. Oh my God, what do I have? I have nothing and no one. Mm -hmm. Like I have always had a really hard time not getting attached to relationships and not feeling like if somebody doesn't want to maintain a relationship with me anymore, I've lost them. And then I feel like I'm grieving the loss that has happened to me this year so many times like friendships that were very meaningful to me most of them were very new friendships like only within a year or two years not the old ones that I've had like for you know a decade or whatever those people are all still in my life even though a lot of them live far away um 
but I've grieved so many relationships that just like got cut off this year because everybody's just been freaking out all year and like projecting all their shit onto each other and like screaming at each other about politics. And like, there's been so much like crazy, like interpersonal turmoil. Um, but it's one of those, I think it's one of those, like the universe gives you the same lesson over and over and over again until you finally fucking learn it. Like, I think that was my lesson this year was like, I've already learned how to not get attached to stuff or jobs or homes. But when I have those things, I'm like, yeah, I love this. This is great. Like my house is great. My stuff is cool. Like I love my work, but if I don't have any of those things, I'll be fine. Cause I know that those things don't define me, but I really had to work this year on like, you know, if, if that relationship is severed because the other person no longer wants to put in the work and make the investment to maintain that relationship with me. If they just want to vilify me and think I'm a fucking, you know, villain in their life, you know, as soon as you talk to somebody and actually hear their perspective, they're no longer a villain, right? That you, Mm. then you're actually, you reach understanding, but I've had people slam the door on my face a bunch because they didn't really want understanding. They just wanted to stay attached to this idea of who I was to them. And I was like, and that hurt, it hurt a lot. And I've done that to people too though. So it's like, that's, that's kind of where like the the broken people. (laughs) Well, and I I think that has to do with a lot of change like your ability to change like because i've dealt a lot with that i have a lot of childhood friends that are basically live in the same place they've lived since i was five wow years ago like you know like they they lived in the same area for forever and a day and not much has changed in their life so they still have the same mentality and which is why i don't like going back to chicago all that much and wow. if anybody's listening, I'm sure it's not any anybody from Chicago is listening. It's not a huge <laughs> shock, but like I don't like going back all that much because every time I go, it's like the same jokes that they were making yeah. back when I was 18, 19, 20. And yeah. It's like, Do you feel like you just can't? You don't relate to them the same yeah. way anymore. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's just one of those things about growth and change. And it like, that's one thing that I've learned, especially with like music and stuff, because, you know, people change, things happen, I get it. And so like, I've built these relationships in the music business. And then something happens, their entire outlook on life changes, they get out or, you know, like, certain things become more important or less important. So I've learned to cherish the moments that we've had, and not necessarily like rely on it. So like, I don't know, this year and the last like two years in general have been like a really interesting change my entire perspective on life, liberty. I feel you. I totally feel that like big time. (laughs) I'm ready to like have a little break though. I'm like, this is great. I embrace change. I love it. I love growth. I feel so much more like in myself and confident that I ever have. But like, could we just have like a couple months that are really boring and like nothing crazy happens? Like just, just, just as like a little break. Cause I feel like everybody is really tired of growing and changing right now. (laughs) That's kind of the thing is it's like, Oh, I think I'm ready to kind of go out to my parents for like three months parents place. Because just hang, just chill. nothing, Nothing like matters out there. It's like, 
yeah, things change out here, but like when I don't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to pay my electric bill right now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you known people this year who've like moved back in with their parents? Um, not really, actually. Um, I do. I I mean, I, I definitely get the idea, but like most of my friends, they're either married with kids, you know, like, so their parents are moving in with them. <laughs> yeah, they're like real adults or whatever that means, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just kind of like, I, I don't really know anybody. I'm sure there are probably some, uh, some newer friends that I don't know that well that have done something yeah. like that. And then j- they just don't make it. Publicly. There's a lot of artists, um, a lot of musicians left LA. There's still a lot of musicians here, but I know, I know some people who left or even just left for like a few months because mm-hmm. they were like, well, there's nothing, nothing. for me yeah. to do. Like I, my whole, my whole job is gone for yeah. now for who knows how long yeah. I've been really like grateful to have the teaching stuff. <laughs> it does make me feel like a, like a, more like a real grown up than I've ever felt before that right. I've had like work sustaining me this whole year and that it's been all it's been all freelance for the most part like mm-hmm. I don't have like a boss which is just that's the best <laughs> that, that's sweet right I never want to have a boss again yeah <laughs> I want to be the boss of myself <laughs> be the boss of my life I'm good with that yeah that'll be my next my next record will be about that no the next one after the like dark angsty like end of the world shit i was writing this year right? things got really dark for a while i was like i think i might have like an angsty indie rock record in me like <laughs> we'll see i you know what you brought that up i really miss the memes that would pop out in like uh june july where yeah. it was like australia's on fire the amazon's on fire this and like they were yes. pointing out all the bad things that would happen every month and then it would come to like january and like aliens are invading yeah the yeah yeah and yeah. it's like i kind of want those memes back because those entertained me so much I know. I know this has been a good year for memes i feel like the memes have been getting us through this year <laughs> there's some really good memes right now about the like stimulus package yeah. and the like 600 dollars stimulus check and like how fucking like shitty that is there's some real i'll have to if i see some i'll, I'll forward them to you nice. there's some really really right. funny uh, stimulus my memes. timeline's been lacking on the memes because it was just like that was another thing that I've really learned this year is that how much emphasis I put on social media to kind of define who I am. Ah, there's a crazy thing to detach from. That is such, it's such an addiction, isn't it? And so like, I've slowly been like, just not like, I'm not going to delete my social media because obviously live and amplified is featured and thrives on social media, but I'm slowly removing myself. So like, basically my personal page is just kind of becoming this dormant thing that's not going to be around much longer well it'll be around but not going to be active right and so it's just kind of like okay i'm yeah you know i've been listening to spot like seeing a couple of your posts about supporting um independent musicians and like yeah i like i talk this big game and i do what i can but like i i went you know earlier this month they spotify released their your top 20 or your top songs listened to in 2020 Mm -hmm. 
and I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see. What was I listening to this year? Yeah. Oh, Ed Sheeran, this, this, <laughs> and I go through and it's like, like none of these are independent. <laughs> like there's one independent artist on there and I'm like, all right, well, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> That's... Do you want to hear something really embarrassing that I'm going to tell you on your podcast? <laughs> Do you want to know who my number one most listened to artist was? Ooh, ooh, Myself. Okay. <laughs> oh, what's... I was like, I can't post this. It just makes me look like a douche. Like my number one most listened to song was my first single. I was like, oh, Spotify, you're just revealing like but you know i think it is for me like well and then my next two are like taylor swift and like lady gaga because i like listening to i like listening to dance pop if i'm working out which i don't do that much but um so but i like i i don't know but the thing about it for me is i think that i was so this was my first full year releasing music and i released five singles and an ep within from december of 2019 to now so i like went so hard at it like i'm still I do this thing a lot where I try to see myself objectively as an artist just to get a feel for like, what does this look and feel like? Like, what is, what's Phoebe's thing right now? So that I can kind of like step back from it and go, well, where am I going next? So I, I, that's why I listen to my own music a lot. Cause I'm constantly like, how does this sound to me now? Six months after I released it, does yeah. it sound different? What do I have some distance from it so I can, uh, like I can kind of objectively hear it better and kind of like I was playing my first single for my buddy the other night because we were working on recording some new stuff of mine and we were talking about adding saxophone to one of the, this new song we were recording and I was like yeah like I was talking about this sax player who played on my first single and I was like well let me just play it for you, you can hear kind of what he did and as I was as I was playing it for him he's heard it before but we were like I was like referencing my own song um and I was like yeah man, this intro is too fucking long. Like, Phoebe, come on, edit better. Like, you know, I was like, okay, so now I'm able to critique myself in that way that I couldn't when I was first playing the song out. Because when you're first putting something out, you're like, ah, I just have to like, like sometimes you just have to like turn the like subjective part of your brain off in order to get something done. Because if you keep that subjective self-judging part of your brain on, you'll never finish anything because you'll keep being like, well, this could be better and this could be better. And what will people think? So I just have to be like, it's fine. It's good enough. Just put it out, move on. Yeah. But then like a year later, I can listen to it and be like, yeah, I still love it. I still think it sounds it's great. But moving forward, I probably won't ever record like a 45 second intro again, yeah. because that's not necessary. No. Like we want to focus on the radio edits now. Yeah. I'm getting a little more sophisticated. But I think that's part of growth. And I know a lot of artists who are like, really freaked out by watching videos of themselves or listening to themselves and for me it does freak me out but I do it constantly because it is the best way to learn is to watch yourself and go great okay that was great that was a good yeah I was flat there yeah I could have done that better okay it's something to note for next time like I think it's important to be able to study yourself and not be like everything I do is great Cause that's like an ego posturing thing, right? That's like you trying to protect yourself. But like, if you really care about growing as an artist, like you have to be able to look at yourself and go, yeah, that was great for where I was at at the moment. So now how can I take this and make it better next time? Yep, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. You know, it's, it, it's one of those things where 
for like any like project where I'm not in front of the camera, I have that exact mindset. I'll just sit there and I'll watch it. And it's like, oh, I missed the rack focus there. Or I, miss, yeah. I should move this camera, you know, just kind of like evaluate. Like as long as I'm not on camera, I don't have a problem watching it over and over yeah. and just kind of critiquing. Yeah. But the second I'm on camera and I have to watch myself talk, give an interview, interact, whatever, I cannot do it like i cringe i'm like everything i do is dog shit it is just the absolute worst i should never be on camera like it, it it's it's re- not weird because i there's a lot of people that won't listen to their own music. no tons of people are like that and a lot of actors are like that too i listen to a bunch of podcasts that are like very Hollywood entertainment oriented. And a lot of actors say they don't ever watch their own stuff after it's out. And I, and I, I think some of them, they have really interesting perspectives on it. Some actors are like, yeah, it's just, it's not about the product for me. It's about the process. So I'm like in the process, like it doesn't, like I had the experience and the product is for the audience. Yeah. So if I did my job well, it doesn't, you know, and other actors are the opposite. They're like, I just, I, I literally listen to everything and watch everything I ever do. Like, because it's it's learning for me. It's studying and it's it's learning how to improve. I mean, everything, not just my technique, like definitely technique, um, but also like, you know, stage presence, like did that work? Did that land? Did the audience receive that well? Like, you know, it's, and I think it's a real skill to cultivate, to be able to like, you know, look at your, review your own work and and not like it's it's the attachment thing again it's like not attach your sense of self-worth to being perfect because perfection's not a thing right like doesn't exist so as long as you're not like oh my god i was terrible and now i'm gonna die and everyone's gonna hate me and i'm so full of shit you know it's like it's but it's hard you have to really like like talk to yourself and be like it's fine we did great at these things. These are some things we can work on. Yep. It's all a learning experience. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's all a learning experience and, but I'm a firm belief. Like there, I, I think my perspective on why I don't like watching myself is because like, yes, I'd love to be able to just sit there and be like, okay, try and learn for myself. But I'm a firm believer of you don't know what you don't know. Ah, ooh, I love and that. So if, if I don't know how to correct myself, what good is it going to do to sit there and watch myself and say, oh, well, like other than, okay, well, that looks awkward on screen, you know, like that, yeah. there's probably some merit behind that. But I'd much rather like if I'm, if I'm acting in a film or something, put it out there and it's like, oh, well, I didn't really feel the emotion in this scene or I didn't, mm. that punchline didn't like, you know, just whatever. Mm. So for me, it's more of getting the feedback from the audience about, oh, this is what we like. This is what we don't yeah. like. Yeah. Well, and that's what you have a director for, right? In yeah. a, in a film project is like to have the director be the one to be like, oh yeah. So this is, this is what was going on there. So yeah. this is how to, that's what I, I literally say that to like my, my music students where I'm like, you don't have to worry about this, this, and this. It's my job as your teacher to worry about that. Yeah. 
you just do this. Like you don't have to like take care of everything. And I, I'm such like a crazy, like self contained, like I just like, I'm, it's a little control freaky thing, but it's not because I like collaboration, but it's more like I can wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I often just do because I'm like, well, then I can just get it done. But like my video for Into the Wilderness, like turned out so amazing because I actually worked with real filmmakers mm -hmm. so it wasn't I, I'm like not going to try to direct myself if I have like a real director there I know how to act because I was I went to theater school um and it's my song so like I conceptualized the whole you know video with my friends and like I had the idea for it I wrote the song but like once we get on set I'm like no you're doing you you do your job man like that's why you're here um and that's liberating I keep I'm like so I'm almost at the point where I'm like can I have a like I like think I'm ready for a team just about I'm just like not financially ready to like hire a team <laughs> but i'm so tired of doing everything like i'm tired of being like my own manager and my own like pr person and my own this and my own that <laughs> and i'm like oh my god i just want to want to hire people to do the other things so i can just show up that's exactly where i'm at because it's like i'm sitting here like like i don't mind doing the the secretarial aspect of like booking podcasts and interacting with the artists like that's like that that's perfect for me i enjoy doing that and doing that aspect but like just the having to sit here and edit. Yeah, I love editing and I love doing it, but just kind of, you know, th there's just certain things that I wish that I could just be like, hey, I need a videographer, which is yeah. why I don't like do like a daily vlog or a weekly vlog yeah. of some sort of for Live and Amplified is because it's like, man, I got to like break the camera out and then I got to like yeah. make sure I'm- I feel you. I keep, I keep trying to like get on TikTok, like I'm on it, but I'm like, I don't, I just don't want to make and edit a bunch of videos of myself. Like I will be, I will perform all day. I will be in front of a camera all day. I'll be on stage all day, but like, I, I don't want to have to do, I just, it doesn't like light me up to do the, like set up the thing, yeah. take the thing, edit the thing. Like, I'm like, man, I just, I'm struggling with it. Cause it's like, and I don't feel like obligated to be on it. It's just like the thing that everyone's talking yeah. about is like <laughs> engagement is so high on TikTok. And I'm like, all right, I'll, like, I'll see what this is about. But I'm like, man, I just don't think this platform is for I me. Mean, <laughs> I, I, I will say this for TikTok though. I was just introduced to this artist. Um, her name's Lily Rose. She's from, or I don't know if she's from Nashville, but she lives in Nashville at this point. She just released a brand new single last week and it blew up on TikTok. Like she gets wow, she, she yeah. TikTok strictly to promote it. Yeah. And it is doing amazingly That's, well. Just I keep hearing like crazy success stories on TikTok yeah. of people like uh, it's because I think the algorithms are not as micromanaged and co-opted as Instagram and Facebook are where it's mm. like all corporatized now. So they're like burying anything that doesn't, you know, help them make a bunch more money. And I, th I think those uh, platforms, uh, TikTok or not TikTok, uh, Instagram and Facebook, I think they just went through a change or something because they I've did. noticed a ginormous drop off of like new subscribers and, and new yeah. followers. It's yeah, they changed the algorithm of Instagram like really recently. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I like to just don't have the interest in really like doing the deep dive into researching how to work around it or what it means. I, I'm just like, yeah, I'll just keep using it 
however it seems to be working, but I've noticed it too. And a lot of, a lot of like kind of serious pro content creators are apparently very upset. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like what you were saying about your personal Facebook page earlier, like I really resonate with, like kind of, it feels less kind of safe to be like really personal there, especially after all the political stuff where everybody was just like jumping down each other's throats constantly. And that was being like encouraged by, um, you know, by all these fucking politicians and shit. Uh, so I, I started kind of doing the same thing where I was like, I'll just, I'll just like, I want to use these as promotional tools and networking tools. Like I still get job offers through social media occasionally, like, you know, so, you know, use it for what it works for you piece for of free, piece of free advice. Yeah, please. I'll LinkedIn. take your free advice. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Really? Even yeah, for like, creative. Like, what do you do as a creative artist on LinkedIn? Like, I got it, but I never look at it because I'm not, like, trying to get a real job ever again, if possible. Same thing you would do on Facebook. Treat LinkedIn exactly like you would Facebook. Really? Yeah. It is amazing. Like, Do you spend that much, like, as much time on LinkedIn as you would on Facebook? No, not as much time, but, like, I just, like, if it, the, the content's a little bit different. Like, I'm not... Oh, I'm out with the boys having a beer. I'm not posting that on LinkedIn. Right. But like, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, hey, just read this amazing article about the downfall of Western society due to something. Like, I don't know. I'm making things up at this point. That's but, you know. interesting. I didn't realize there was like that much to do on LinkedIn, aside from like have your profile and like look for jobs. Treat LinkedIn right now because LinkedIn is very like what Facebook was about 10 years ago, where there it, it's it was much more fun 10 years ago. <laughs> like, I mean, you still have to kind of be, it's still very business oriented, but I would mm. start looking at LinkedIn as just treat it like your music page oh interesting i will take you up on that advice and uh do some investigation <laughs> i'm sure my linkedin is very outdated <laughs> oh um, but i just realized what time it was i know you got to be somewhere here in about 10 minutes oh great but, yeah uh, but first off i want to thank you so much and i want to end on a very important question great hey, it's Ooh. very important i'm excited so with it being the holiday season, mm-hmm. what is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, I love that question. Um, I mean, it's a wonderful life, probably. I also, though, close second, A Muppet Christmas Carol, which my roommate and I watched on my, my birthday was a couple weeks ago. We watched The Muppet Christmas Carol on my birthday. Nice. Um, but, but like legit, It's a Wonderful Life. I have seen it a hundred times. I cry every single time I watch it. I used to own it on DVD back when DVDs were a thing. And I would watch it when it wasn't Christmas. It's like one of my probably top five favorite movies of all time, time, even having nothing to do with Christmas. I just love it so much. So classic. What's yours, Tom? Ooh, um, well, I'm going to say recently, just kind of recently in the last few years, it's been White Christmas. Oh, classic. It, I love it. And it, it, like there, there's some other movies that are like really climbing up there. Like for yeah. the longest time, it was a Christmas story. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the tr- more traditional ones or like modern traditional ones. And then was it two years ago? I was sitting in my grandma's place Christmas Eve. I had never seen White Christmas before. So I just started watching it like within the last few years. And it came on and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, so this is the movie where that iconic scene of uh, Bing yes! Crosby's like singing, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, okay, so we're sitting there watching it and I'm like, wow, that was really good. I was not expecting that. Oh, and, and, I love and, that. I haven't seen that in years. And then the next other, year, what's it? No, I keep going. Sorry. I, I was going to say, and then the next year it came on and mm. I bought it on uh, DVD and yeah. <gasps> I love it. Have you, I was going to say on the subject of old classic movies, cause I am such a junkie for especially old classic musicals. Cause I'm a musical theater nerd forever. Um, have you ever seen meet me in St. Louis with Judy Garland? No, it's not technic. It's like, it. it's like a Christmas movie sort of because have yourself a merry little Christmas mm-hmm. was written for that movie. Yeah. And so the first, like, it's, it's so iconic, Judy Garland singing. And in that movie, it is really sad, like, because the family is about to leave their home for all these sad reasons. And like, it's, it's just really good. I also love Judy Garland, but I was just, if you liked White Christmas, I think you might also enjoy Mimi in St. Louis. Total classic, classic musicals, movie musicals, my favorite. And then like, it's not a close second, but it's quickly climbing up the top 10 is uh the uh christmas chronicles from uh on netflix oh i've never seen that is that it, new it the first there's two of them the first one came out in 2018 and uh uh kurt russell plays santa claus oh my gosh well, and now I have to watch uh, it. goldie hawn plays mrs claus just oh my god stop i have to watch it maybe i'll watch them to i'll watch it tonight i love yeah. kurt russell and goldie hawn they're the cutest yeah of so, course they yeah. play the clauses that's so adorable like for me because they so they did the first one and the first one's amazing it's a little bit more like adult oriented like there's some kid stuff in there but it's like that there's more references for adults to get and then they did a second one and it was like okay that's cute for kids and like it just felt like they were trying they're trying to phone it in for the like the second one's still really good, but yeah, it's it's hard to make magic happen twice, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Not everyone gets it right. Absolutely. But first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. Uh, if you haven't already, please go check out One Day at a Time. It is streaming on all major platforms. Um, Everywhere now. And if anybody wants to find you on social media, where can they do that? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. My handle is at Fibarama. Um, I'm on Facebook. I guess I'm on most of the things. I have a YouTube channel with some really beautiful music videos. Um, I have, what else? I'm on Bandcamp now. I have some really cute merch for my uh, EP on my Bandcamp page that you can buy if you want it. Oh, actually, I can show you um, while you're here with me if i can find i got masks for my merch because tis the season look here i can model it for you it says one day at a time nice that's awesome and then i also have a black one that says nothing lasts for good which is the pandemic single from <laughs> from my ep so i i designed those and those are on my my band camp um yeah but i i blab about all kinds of stuff on instagram and uh sometimes on facebook but i'm less candid on facebook i feel very 
very can't like I just feel like I feel like I can just gush about anything I'm feeling on Instagram for some reason I don't know why <laughs> yeah absolutely. my grandma's not on Instagram you know what I mean like my yeah. I have like relatives on Facebook yeah. so I feel like I have to be like a little more like family friendly but on Instagram I'm like here's all my feelings it's the middle of the night and I'm rambling yeah. that's why I'm always looking for the new social media because it's like my mom's on Facebook, my mom's on Instagram, my dad's on Instagram, my dad's on Facebook. Yeah. It's just like, well, maybe TikTok's the case, but I don't know if they want to hear a, a drunken 33-year-old guy just sit here bitching about things all day. Right? <laughs> There's an audience for everything, Tom. <laughs> you just got to I mean, find to your... Be, to be choice. fair, one of the most popular... We'll end it on this one. One of the <laughs> most popular things I ever did on YouTube was a short-lived series called rants by a drunken asshole and it, i we, mean that is a great title we we had a theme song i paid a guy five dollars off of fiverr to make me a theme song and it was just like it, he did a little doo-wop thing where it was like rants by a drunken asshole Ooh, you know and i was just like oh yes God. this would be amazing i made an animation and then after uh like five episodes I just overdid it one day and I woke up the next day and I was looking at the video clip and I'm like, yeah, I can't release this. this, is, <laughs> this You're like, is, I, I've gone too far. Yeah. The world doesn't need this. No, it, it's <laughs> like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> Perfect. We're, that's, that's like, I, I applaud, I applaud your self-awareness in yeah. that moment. <laughs> Not yeah. everyone has that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Some yeah. people yeah. be like, yeah, put it out there. Who cares? Well, it, it, the crazy thing is it wasn't even anything like remotely bad, like would have made right. me look bad, but it just didn't make any sense. Like the argument <laughs> I was trying to make made no sense. And it, cause it was like, it, it was back when the, the Fine Brothers tried to uh, copyright uh, React videos oh they, they did this like whole thing and i was like no i get what they're trying to do blah 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 and i i woke up the next morning and it it was like no you sound like a drunken idiot stop <laughs> what are you doing i mean you were living up to the title i guess but so <laughs> that's funny anyways uh first off i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast i really, yeah! really appreciate it always, it's always a good so time yeah, uh, I, it's always I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yep, is it was I, I like and like I'd mentioned earlier, like when the power went out for a bit, I'm like, dang it, if if I have to cancel this, I may not be happy about it. Oh, like, I'm, I'm happy you didn't have to cancel. <laughs> but we got everything squared away, and we're gonna let you out of here with about three minutes to spare. Hopefully, that's perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for keeping an eye on the time. I appreciate it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But once again, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. Cool. We are good. Yay. Thank 